This here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at the uncannyexperience.com. Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we are joined by by oh, I said by via. via we are joined via the internet by a very special guest. Um, we have Justin Cosmic here. Justin, how's it going? Good, you? Good. So I asked you specifically to guest on this issue um, because we chat back and forth about Marvel Legends. Yes. And with every other wave, there comes an Iron Man. <laughs> and um, I really wanted us three to dig into this comic to maybe figure out why Iron Man is a thing. And I don't know if it successfully sold me on him as a character. Well, here's the thing. I mostly, I'm mostly into the X books and I occasionally dabble outside of it. Um, reading the Iron Man issue, I find it hard to kind of relate or even sympathize. Granted, I get that he has his struggles like everybody else. Cause that's, that's what makes us human. But there's, not to jump ahead too much, a War Machine story in the issue where I was feeling that a bit more. Yeah, and I think that that is thematic of how we're feeling sometimes when we move through these annuals, is that the backup stories are sometimes better than the, the main. Yeah. But also the War Machine one is sort of evergreen, and I feel very relevant to where we're at in 2023, so... But we can get into that once we get well, to what we can start off with it. Ooh, start with the good stuff. We're, we're, <laughs> gonna, we're going to start with the War Machine backup story. And I am flipping to it. And essentially, it's not just War Machine. So to give some perspective um, outside of just this single issue, West Coast Avengers was coming to an end at this time. They had already determined that it was ending. They knew. Um, and it was really odd when we read the West Coast Avengers annual, or Avengers West Coast, I'm sorry, because they rebranded, um, the Avengers West Coast annual, because they promoted War Machine prominently on that cover, and he didn't play a big part at all in that story of Raptor. Um, oh. And also on this cover, they are promoting, also in this ish, War Machine! So they're really pushing him as a primary character line-wide for those people who were reading Avengers titles. So um, we open with some masked miscreants, perhaps. Um, We don't know much about them. They check out a security guard, but we're very careful to make sure they didn't actually harm him, just that he was knocked out. Uh, And they know where they're going in this building, and we get the inside scoop. It's some folks aligning stuff it's very precise work because they're in the green to nine decimal places which is a lot of significant digits and math i mean okay i i trust you on that i mean as a chemistry major we had to do math with significant digits and you drop them if they don't mean anything why why can't all digits be significant because it's like, if you have a ruler, your eyes can only go, like, so far. You can't get to nine decimal places on a ruler. You have to have, like, very precise equipment to do that. Okay. So, so there's there... some very finicky tech. Okay. And these folks storm in. They're after plutonium. Never a good idea. 
to mess around with plutonium. No. Yeah, um, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Although if you if they kept using it over and over again in a nuclear reactor, it'd have a much shorter half-life than the current nuclear waste, but then it becomes weapons grade at that point, which is not helpful or legal, I don't think. But I'm learning so many things right now about chemistry and math. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, science is not my strong suit. So <laughs> you are the only one, Philip, that, that you're you're playing to a specific audience of this podcast right now with your math and scientific <laughs> knowledge. And Justin and I are just like, okay, sure. More, I was more and, about the physics than the chemistry. Okay. Um which also relates because it's rocket science because we find out that these folks are going to put this plutonium on a rocket ship into space and these miscreants are actually just concerned citizens of the world who are like did you not see what happened with challenger like we're so concerned that if something goes wrong with this shuttle with this nuclear material it's going to be dispersed throughout the whole atmosphere the planet will become polluted and everyone will die so how War Machine gets worked in is that a call is blown in. Um, we don't really know how. We don't really know how, but we do have a Hawkeye on desk duty overnight. He has the graveyard shift um, at Avengers West Coast headquarters. And um, he's there with War Machine. Yep. They have a developing hostage situation and War Machine. And he, I mean, Hawkeye does take the the sky cycle, which yes. Justin, didn't you just get the Marvel Legends sky cycle with Hawkeye? I was just gonna get to that. It was nice seeing the little sky cycle make its appearance and tie that into the merch that's currently coming out. Um, because Hawkeye cannot fly on his own. It's a very it is it is straight up like a torpedo casing with a couple places for her feet and a little tiny windshield that's not going to do much um, because his head is above it. So I mean, that's <laughs> how I felt about that um, X-Force issue with the hover scoots oh. with the tiny windshields that yeah. somehow protected them from some knives. It might be physics. Speaking to Justin, it might be physics of airflow and how it is angled. So maybe it goes above. I don't know. So it's not... I'm, I'm no garbage scientist where i'm trying to steal some plutonium for the good of the world but that's my theory it's not as bad as the fantastic car but i still have Ooh. questions about it i don't know how the fantastic car stays airborne honestly um now does hawkeye have a parachute arrow i'm sure he does <laughs> he must um, i legitimately he... don't know but i'm sure like with a tether or something i don't know like a grappling hook arrow like well, if, have if to hook to go down, he's got to grapple something. Yeah. Um. So they get to the place, the lab, Optech. One of the the concerned citizens of the world has this very comedic look as War Machine crashes through. It's a fun, not the most um, different onomatopoeia, but used effectively here. Yes, and I really appreciate that these. Um, prospective thieves did take the time to have matching outfits. Um, they committed, and they realized that if we need to do a job properly, we have to be dressed alike. Yeah. So War Machine crashes in. The hostages run out in very comedic, like stick figure running. Yes, Hawkeye. <laughs> War Machine is like, I'll do the heavy lifting. Hawkeye, can you evacuate everyone? Um, and Haw and Hawkeye's evacuation is basically everybody get out. Yes. Do it yourself. Yes. <laughs> Just points at the door. He's like, there's a door and some stairs. Help yourself. Um, he gasses the concerned citizens of the world. Is that their group name now? I mean, that's just what I call them now. Since okay. after I learned they weren't actually bad guys. Um, we do get a fun splash page because as soon as War Machine crashed in, they started the countdown. On the bomb they had. They are going to blow yeah. up the whole thing. Which would have been bad. I don't think they were actually going. I, they could have gotten by with like uh, not a placebo, but like a are, fake box with a big button. Are you a concerned citizens of the world apologist now? I I think they're. I don't think they're true villains. Okay. okay. I mean, with the bomb, like there still would have been radiation. It just wouldn't have been as widespread if it were 
to be airborne, like the plutonium, I mean. Yeah, yeah that's why I feel like they could have just gotten by with something scary. Okay. They didn't actually need a Maybe it was like a jack in the box. Like it, it didn't bomb, but there was just something scary that popped out of it. It's just Good a in- timer inside. Good intention, poor execution, but I mean, you know, they're just some guys in masks. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're trying. There's like, yeah, and there's like five of them. There's a mixed group. At least there's two women in there, I think, with the three guys, and they get gassed by Hawkeye. Mm. Well, and, and another and thing that off. kind of amused me too is like, um, they made a point to say only one security guard and all this technology. Like just Ooh, that, one that, security guard. Yeah. Oh, that's like henchman level two. Maybe they're not. Maybe I should not be as big a fan of them. I think. Well, no. This is Optech. Like Optech is like we only need to employ one actual person because AI can do the rest. No. And basically, it turns, and it turns out that AI did not get the job done. Oh, that's true. Um. There is a a confrontation. After the bomb is diffused, no the bomb and, goes off. Oh, War the, machine, like that's right. He got it to, into the atmosphere. Yes, there's a shaboom, um, and he's fine because he's War Machine. Yes, he has armor. Um, then they confront the concerned citizens of the world. Yes, and uh, there's some um, for a metal mask. War Machine is very expressive. Yeah, he knows how to frown. Um, and then look very angry. He's a frowny boy. <laughs> and um, they're like, we're just trying to do something about it. You're doing nothing. Like the superheroes, you just sit by, you do flashy stuff. We're on the ground. We are trying to do something about the actual problems of the world. Like the actual everyday work rather than like just waiting for tentacles to descend yeah. from the sky. Yes. Maintaining, maintaining the status quo. Yes. Which I feel like is a sort of stinging indictment, and it it resonates with War Machine. It does, but then Hawkeye makes the mistake of saying that Iron Man would be really proud of you, and War Machine is like, fuck off. Don't you ever mention his name again. Get his name out of your mouth. <laughs> he also, I don't know if it was that panel additionally, but there's another point where War Machine is like, do not call me Shellhead. Yes, early on. Like, Hawkeye was trying to be playful, trying to be cute and banter, and War Machine is just not having it. No. Um, Then they go back to headquarters, and we get um, two pages that really set up War Machine's announced forthcoming solo title, um, because this is serving a purpose. Um, Hawkeye's like, I burned out. I've led the team, and I burned myself out trying to solve every single little problem like you can't do it yep. you just can't and war machine's like i've got to do something yeah and um you really get insight into war machine's relationship with iron man and how he's really just tired of being compared to him like i'm an entirely separate person i actually was iron man for a while and I have my own impact that I make. Again, like, don't compare me to Tony Stark. We're entirely different. Yeah. I like this character development. It was... As someone who, like, um, hasn't really expanded, you know, too much beyond the Xbox, I'm wondering if this characterization carried over with War Machine beyond this, you know, just because reading this, it's like, um, I actually really liked Rhodes here. And uh, I'm not sure I didn't do further research. I don't even know if the War Machine monthly title happened. Because um, the Avengers West Coast ended five or six issues after their own annual. So uh, that was where he was located. I think instead um, they shifted him maybe over to Forceworks. I'd have to check the roster of that team um because they ended west coast avengers and then they started force works which was straight up just west coast avengers again um but they 2.0 had re- it was they rebranded it was the 90s so they had like a great pop-up no 
cover is a gimmick cover. Um, and then it lasted for like 18 issues or so and was gone. So I'd have to double check, but I agree. It's good character development for Rhodey. And um, yeah. I'm glad that they included a backup title on him in an Iron Man issue two to tie it in, continue to promote the character, but set him up for something new and different as well to make him as different as possible and stand out. Yeah. Um, so are we ready to jump into the main event, as it were, of this issue? I guess before we get to the main event, yeah. um, I do got to say, I do like the art style here, like especially how Rhodes and Clint are drawn here. I like the yeah. art style here. Um, yeah. The penciler and colorist was Chris Renkowitz. Um, so I would have to research Renkowitz and see what else they did uh, because I'm not quite sure. But, but um, I also really liked um, just War Machine's kind of, um, I guess, rant because, you know, I guess I know covered earlier, still relevant today, the fact that, you know, it's been 20 years between 1993 and no. 30 years 30 crap year. <laughs> time flies yeah math um the <laughs> fact that you know that much time has gone by and it's still the same you know like nothing's changed everybody's older mm-hmm. yeah yeah like there are still terrorists trying to blow up half the world corporations building machines that can turn the earth into a desert folks starving to death on every street corner yet mm-hmm. we shrug our shoulders while we look around for another costume nutcase to punch which i guess is kind of um well indirectly speaking about the police if it makes sense yeah 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 it could it could very well apply to that situation like hey let's fight the bad guys but you know that's very much dependent yeah yeah it, Sorry. it's really it's subjective at points um yeah. especially in some of the cases that get in the news you're like well uh, i don't know if that was entirely right um but both the actions that you took and why you took them like yeah there's more to this and you know there's that that's how you get into the critical thinking part yeah which i think that comics really allows us to pursue and explore it's a great reflection on society but just like you said this comic is from 1993 and we can still view current society through its lens so like similar to how sci-fi operates too yeah absolutely um fiction in general is a great way for us to explore our own humanity and the issues that go along with it an issue that we may encounter with the main title is um (laughs) depictions of asian people and um how their myths play into a comic that is written by a white man. Um, So we'll get into it. I think we can touch on it as we run into it. But this is um, a comic dealing with um, a a Japanese legend, as it were. And I also did a, a bit of light Googling on face thief our brand new character for this issue since every 1993 annual had a brand new character we get face thief and i was like face thief looked up face thief um looked up the japanese name that is given for face thief Uh Uh, no basis in actual japanese mythology or storytelling or anything like they just put some sounds together that that thought would sound appropriate and made it up yes so this is a fictional japanese villain well looking into the character too this is like his only appearance only appearance uh no staying power no staying power which Which i mean which i mean looking at him i think he would make a great like horror villain but um i guess without the basis or backup of this um mythos yeah, it's it's one of those situations where I think current Marvel would have to either tread delicately and do a bit of work on the character or explain it away. Like, they would almost have to take the character if they did a one-off story and, like, they had Crypt of Shadows last year, which was a horror anthology 
where they stuck in a bunch of little stories. Mm-hmm. They could do one with Face Thief, but they would have to confront it in such a way to be like, oh, well, everything that was presented about Face Thief was a lie. Like, it it wasn't a basis. Or... To re- be able to... They'd have to retcon. a retcon. Yeah. The retcon punch. <laughs> yep. Um, but we're opening, and I know we all love this, we open on a super rich white man who is collecting ancient artifacts from different civilizations. Um, definitely not stolen at one point in time. Absolutely not. And he is admiring this mask and is like, exquisite. Because this is what I picture rich people doing all the time is just picture picking up their things and being like, cool shit and then they put it back on the pedestal and move on to the next one that's how they spend their days um <laughs> but they have to do something to depreciate them so they can get the tax write off Ooh, so he depreciates it in a big way by dropping it <laughs> um and um his tax scheme well he's trying to depreciate it backfires because an evil spirit emerges in a smoke form and he's like, oh, no, like, he, I didn't spend half a million dollars on a smoke monster. I mean, that mask could have bought him two submarine trips. <laughs> not not round trip. <laughs> um, those are one-way tickets, and he would only have needed one. Um, and uh, Face Thief, he, does. he emerges, and he's like, he's very... One, he's a very happy goblin that he's free. Um, and he kills rich dude. And then another dude who I very at first fast. who I at first thought this dude was his gay lover. That's what I thought too. I had thank you. It's like and, okay, we, we're getting homophobia. Nope. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no, the gay lover or the houseboy is being murdered too. No. It was um, it was the Paisley vest. It it absolutely is the Paisley vest and the stash. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yeah. I skipped over the stash. I got. I stopped after the Peter Parker hair. So, um, Face Thief is a very quick killer. He kills this dude as well, and then graphically rips off face, uh, the rich dude's face, just like yoinks it. I mean, that could be a bit of homophobia because the the houseboy that gets slashed open is wimpy and not very exactly not a satisfying meal for face thief yeah he said the rancid flesh of a weakling and i'm and exactly justin i'm like this is some low-key homophobia happening right here and like very 1993 (laughs) yes um so he puts on rich dude's face there is a that graphic like like a squelchy, like I am ripping the face off and it's dripping. There's there's not the good kind of goober coming down after having just peeled this off of a corpse. Which um, is which again, like him being a horror villain, like face ripping, yeah. or I guess face snatching, just snatching faces. Snatching faces. Just peeling it off. Yes. Uh he doesn't snatch wigs, he snatches faces. So <laughs> Um, he can transform into whoever's face he's plastering on down to the outfit. Um, so he has some good transformation skills. Yes. We then cut to Tokyo, Japan, because why wouldn't we? And um, we see uh, uh, an old older man sensing it. Like he straight up has the force from Star Wars where he is sensing some evil happening, except he knows who it is. He's like very specifically. This is Face Thief and we endanger girl. It's <laughs> very much that trope of like, oh, you're from an Asian culture. You're very into the mysticism. We're going to give them mystic powers. Oh, and the mystic like, powers. But again, okay, so we're going to get into this team of three um and they are the masters of silence sometimes assassins sometimes assassin um and the time for meditation is over and he is gathering together everyone again i thought we had a, a gay in the room um because he's wearing a pink loincloth and pink ballet slippers 
Um, and he might be gay. We're, it's never confronted. Maybe Marvel should make him a queer hero. I mean, we stand some vengeful gays. We do. Who doesn't train in loincloth and who doesn't train in loincloths and ballet slippers? Yeah. You, I mean, not the gym I go to, but who knows? But why not? <laughs> Maybe you could start that trend. Have you considered it? I don't think I have enough I don't wanna, there yet. I don't want to get banned. Um, yeah. Because he at least wears some underwear underneath. Yeah. He this doesn't. guy clearly isn't. <laughs> nope. Everything is out there, which good it's for- a Fundoshi? Is that the right word? For when you like, is a piece of cloth sort of wrapped around and holding yourself together? I don't know if it's wrapped. Oh. I think it's just flapped. Oh, there's a flap on the back. Yeah. It's not I mean, wrapped, with how, it's flapped. With how hot it's been lately, you know? Tempting. Um, nice so breeze. We get, that, we get that one page over in Japan, and then we are back at Stark Enterprises. Uh, well, I guess not back. We're there for the first for time. For the first time. And Iron Man... Is very shiny. He senses um, some intruders, and it is old Japanese men. And we're, and they were like, we need to talk to Tony Stark. There is something happening. It's the same um, men as Japan, because there's a matching ponytail. Yes, but they look different. They do. Um, so one of them has a very high, tight side pony yes um and this is where we see tony stark on a headset and this is where weirdness comes into it so justin were you familiar with what was going on with tony stark slash iron man at the time um so reading the book they do explain later on like what's been going on like later on in the story yeah so um, and with it being the epic collection too, I was able to read some of the other stories as well. So yes, yeah, it, this is a time where um, we can probably go to those future pages right now and get a flip to it because it it helps make sense of his interactions as they're happening right now. Um, it's the exposition. He is talking about all the stuff that he has been through. He is having some sad rich boy times where he's like, "It's been a lot, okay." Um, and there are several flashbacks in here. We are trying to find the right one um, because there's also a relationship flashback that we're going to get into that I won't spoil right now because it's good. Um, so he, well, it, the shorts sort of tie together this path that he has with this woman that we haven't met yet. And then he goes on to say like, and then I was- I was in the war and- I needed something to keep my my heart going, which we know from the Iron Man movies. And then uh, I created this armor, and then I got a new heart, and then I... Then he's an alcoholic. Yes. Um, which is a famous story arc from the 80s. Oh, where, yes. that's when he got sober? Yes, there's a famous cover and everything. I'll show you later. Oh. But he, he, he loved the alcohol for a while, um, and then he had... Then his nervous system destroyed by a techno-organic parasite. Then he is in cryogenic suspension, and he woke up with an artificial nervous... Like, he is currently basically immobilized because of all that shit. When he... After he woke up with the artificial uh, nervous system. Yes. So he is currently remotely controlling Iron Man, which is something the armor. The armor Iron Man, which you see in um the Avengers West Coast annual. He is remotely controlling. And he's also remotely controlling, we will see in a little bit, a life model decoy of Tony Stark. So he but he can only do one at a time. It's like when it's I t- when I'm playing video games and I need to switch the input from Xbox to Nintendo Switch. So um, he has Iron Man, his his actual robot, confront these, and he... He scans them. They're yes. packing a lot of weaponry. Yep. And he calls them out on it, and, like, we apologize for the misdirection. Yes. And but we, are, we need an ally. We yep. know there's this demon back. We know how he operates, that he's going to find someone rich yep. with a lot of pull, and we need someone who operates in those circles. Therefore, we need Tony Stark. Yes. Um, 
And they're like, yeah, you caught us. Here we are as we typically are. And I know that we fought this one time, but we need to be friends now. There are so many different... So uh, there were little footnotes or editorial notes in the flashback we described. And throughout, they're like, oh, and Iron Man, so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm interested enough to go back to read those issues, but thank you for the information. I appreciate you citing your sources. I mean, points I... to you, Justin, for having read more of them. Yeah. So I do like the consistency in the character, like even to this day of Tony still hating magic. I know he says it throughout the issue. I hate magic. Yeah. So just that character consistency. And um, I, I do know it's... Until oh, yeah. Of... Oh, yeah. There's a few panels online where it's just Tony hating magic. <laughs> so, uh, um... so the, the yes. men get all armored up. They get, I do like their looks, though. I yeah. mean, it's, it's so impractical, some of them, but they're just neat. Like, like girl, you have a very sharp crescent moon on your forehead. Um, you could gore someone, but only from the side. And I also like that side pony still has a side pony. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't need to put that under the cowl. There's a hole on top of his armor just for his side pony. Um, and they're trying to search out um, what could be going on. So they know that there's a spike in these mystical energies. That's why they came over. They need the power of Stark Industries to research the possible host. Not a, not host, but like like who's rich enough to have gotten something and has like there are a bunch of conditions that they're plugging into their IBM. I do appreciate. And, that. Oh, go ahead. And they use the power of the internet predating Google. Yes. yes. They are cross-referencing all these things because time has passed since Face Thief had been released and murdered people. So, like, they had to get themselves together. They had to travel. They Once they convinced um, Tony to help them, yeah. all this time has passed, and that has allowed Face Thief to operate and give away clues as to who he could be masquerading as yes so that's like the most realistic thing about it yeah like it does realism better than like game of thrones where people can like instantly fast travel yes and um this is where we see that face thief just really loves rich dudes um he's looking for a sugar daddy um someone that is rich enough to support his way of life which is murder and it turns <laughs> against itself. Yes. So there's some stats on that computer screen that indicate why it must only be um, Creighton McCall. Yes, because there have been a, a bunch of changes with Creighton McCall. Like his son-in-law is deceased now. Um, irregular fund transfers, 19 of them. Discharges among senior management, 37. Deviations from corporate policy, 6. So, like, a lot of changes in a short period of time that are out of character for a very rich person is what they plugged into the, the internet. Oh, or Elon Musk operating normally. Oh, yeah. Elon I was going to say, is this Twitter? Like, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so they're like, oh, it's Creighton McCall. Hmm. And then we get the the other part of the flashback where he's like, I know her. I, but I, I, I know, know him the, through her. That summer that his daughter and I were lovers. And then uh, love is a many splendored thing plays in your mind like it's the beginning of Greece as they are romping on a beach and smooching. But then um, Creighton McCall is like, no, you can never be with him, Meredith. I hate his dad. We're both rich white men and we hate each other. And Tony's dad is like, you can't be with Meredith. I hate her dad. We are it's, going to keep... It's very keep... Romeo and Juliet without the poison. Yes. Uh, without the poison, but with some international travel as... They get um, separated to different continents. Meredith is sent off and then that's when Tony goes off to war. So like that's where their paths deviate. And uh, um, all this stuff happened, the separation, um, and they only saw each other 
once in between, and it was in Iron Man 28, which is probably in the early 70s, I believe. So it's been a hot second since we have even seen Meredith McCall. They're doing some um, deep cuts to get these folks. So it is the double page spread of history that we get here as he's explaining it to these three that are hunting Face Thief. We cut to... Um, the funeral the of Meredith's husband slash the houseboy. The houseboy who was her husband. Um, and you can tell from this panel that her fake dad that she doesn't know is her fake dad does not give a fuck because he's like smoking a cigar and ashing it into the grave, which is rude. It's such a rude move. And um, she slaps her dad across the face. Yeah. And it had been set up that the father, when he was the father, only cared about antiquities, his security system, and his daughter. Yes. Maybe in that order, maybe not. Who knows? It seems like in that order. Yeah. Um, And she's like, Daddy was never like this. So Tony shows up, and he sees her crying, and it's Tony with a cane, significantly, too, to really play up that, you know, this is Tony Stark, industrialist, who has some injuries. Yes. And he goes to comfort Meredith. And and he has his own sad boy moment. He's like, I can't smell her hair. Yes. <laughs> um, him being a bit of a creep with his the three friends standing there as he's working this life model decoy from his lab, um, where he's like, I wish I could smell her hair. Which, a little creepy. Um, you haven't seen this woman for a while, and she is like freshly a widow, like newly minted widow and you're like damn wish i could help her with this d (laughs) um hey alexa play the one that got away yeah (laughs) um so and she's like i gotta go um and she's like thanks for showing up but i got my i got some shit to straighten out and her dad like grabs her and tosses her into a limo and He's that's, like, you're coming with us. And that's where the life model decoy sensors are like, there's something off about that dad. The nor- the humans are pink, and then the dad is now splotchy green. He is uh, psychedelic green. Green about the gills. And, uh, and Tony's like, no, that's Face Thief, and he's got Meredith. And the assassins, being the voice of reason, is like, no, 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 no. There are way too many around. Like, With all these innocents, we can't just swoop in and start yeah, killing people. Yeah, Face Thief is going to murder everyone at that point then. So, um... We got some time later. Sometime later at the McCall Estate, probably after, like, the church basement, like, post-burial luncheon. Um, and, I mean... Tony Stark is very relatable. These pages rolling up in his Porsche. Yes. <laughs> I say dripping with sarcasm. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> hey, I got to see Meredith. And this guard at the gatehouse is like, uh, no one can get in there. And he's like waving his pistol. He's like, no one goes to the main house. Yeah. This and private like, security what? guy has a has a whole phaser pistol and it's thing. Like, Why are you threatening like just someone making an unscheduled call at the house with a gun? automatically it's very odd maybe not for rich people in there and that's where we see tony stark switches the input and (laughs) activates iron man from the trunk well the life model decoy just like into the stereo and then we see because Iron Man emerges, this guard who's already on edge because he has a pistol, it calls in a literal army of people. Yeah. Like, it's a crowd that appear all out of nowhere, all wearing the same outfit. Like, this is a private army. And it's not even Madrox. No. I would have been overjoyed to see Madrox at this point in the story. <laughs> But no, Iron Man takes them all out with some low-energy pulses. And um, what are your thoughts so far? Justin, do you have any notes in the story leading up to this point where we are at the McCall Estate? 
Well, you can tell this guy has money because that, I guess, relating to the War Machine story, they only had one guard, whereas this guy was able to buy a whole army. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is richer than corporations. And I mean, I did like the feat. Um, That's one thing I like when reading the comics is just seeing cool power feats or features. Um, Tony using his pulsor spread or pulsor, however you say it. Just kind of does it all at once, takes everybody out in one shot. And we see that that was literal. It was a decoy for a decoy operation as the three assassins were busy breaking into the house at the same time. Their invisibility powers have activated. Apparently. Um, They're just really good at their jobs. And um, Creighton McCall is accosting his daughter in his study. He is really putting the domestic and domestic abuse at this point. And um, he is still like grabbing her and manhandling her. And she's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like my husband just died. You monster zooming in on her teary eyes as she slaps him yet again. And she's like, I also, I also love how we're getting the smudged mascara too, just for the drama. Yes. And she slaps him again and it ruins her, her dead father's flesh on this super villain mystical villain thing where they gave her more pronounced nails for this slap like at the graveside (laughs) it was just like an open hand slap here this is like flying yeah well even looking even looking when um i guess the demon has her on the previous page no nails and then suddenly claws yeah she's very wolverine in that respect she she snicked her fingernails yes and she's like, I don't know who you are, but you're not my father. And he's like, you little witch, you've ruined this face. And like, this mask of dead flesh that was there is now like, yeah, I don't know the right word. It's like tearing, it's torn, it's gooping. It's squelched off. Yeah, perhaps. you know, there's a, is there a squelch? There isn't, but I can imagine it was, or it's sounding like that. It did More. make a ripping noise when she scratched him, but yeah. I just There's picture a, like paper. A There's a scrippet. Um, and this is where he's about to kill Meredith because he's like, well, I need a new face and you're the only option available, so you're going to die. But also you're young and pretty. Um, <laughs> he just wants to be one of the pretty girls. Oh, the assassins pop in and... Just one of them. Just the green one. Yes, with the the moon. Yes. They all have names, which we're going to find out. It, it's better explained in the backup story about their origin rather than in this actual main story. Um, so she runs while the battle heats up a little. And Iron Man is making his way into the mansion he's going through just crashes through a wall and meredith crashes into him almost and um she's like iron man then tony and he's like mr stark thought you might need some assistance she points him towards where the fight is happening the other two assassins pop in and everyone is like you stay here meredith yeah we'll go deal deal with this and uh, Iron Man is like, it's all right, they're friends. It's not just more random people in your house. <laughs> like, they're not going to try to take your face. Yeah. So this woman, let's review. So she probably discovered her husband disemboweled. Yes. And slightly eaten. Um. So he, she's been widowed. Her uh, father has died. But before she made that discovery, and she was abused. Um, then found out that her father was actually brutally murdered and had his face stolen. Well, part of the prior tat discovery, the father that she was close to was being a total dick. Yes, like, I don't blame her. She's still sobbing in these panels. I would be too, like... It's a lot of trauma. The the trauma that she has gone through. And then there there's a strange man with a side pony that's just showing up uh, out of smoke, literally out of thin air. And Iron Man, who is connected to her former boyfriend, who she just saw but then walked away from, is like, it's fine. <laughs> like, they're friends. Um, 
So they go off running. She stands around, but not for long, because then Meredith actually gets some agency in this fucking story. Yes. Which I'm glad, like, the turn this took. So Len Kaminsky wrote this. Kudos to Len Kaminsky for actually giving Meredith something to do. Like, as a, she was a storytelling device for the first half of this main story, but then she actually gets agency. She sees one of her father's guards, and she steals his uniform and his gun. He's left just in his boxers in the hallway. And socks, but like polka dot boxers. Yes. One thing one thing I do want to note is just like this guy who is way bigger than her, she steals his uniform, but then it perfectly it, fits to her. It's skin tight. It's skin tight down to the boobs. And she has um, um room for her hair to stick out in the back. She do, it was it's very Heather Hudson in that regard. Like there is room There's for, a hair window in the cowl? Yes. That's so, so odd. Maybe she took a like just a couple seconds to like cut one, which on the fly cosplay skills sometimes you need them. So and she, oh, no, go ahead. She is oh. very much, very much like you know what, gonna work with this. Yes, resourceful. We were... That's the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. When we were talking about Barbie and her very stylish outfits, like Barbie wears for the occasion, she's going to fix some gutters. She's going to wear something really practical. And I don't know if this is quite as practical as Barbie would have chosen, but at least in terms of superhero outfits, she won't have to deal with her hair getting in her face. And she does call um, the Iron Man and the Assassins that she was like fucking macho male chauvinists. Yeah. Like it was my dad that got murdered. You think I'm not going to do something about it? I'm I'm actually it. really living for that because I mean, like 90s tropes aside, I do like that she empowered herself and chose her fate for this story. Yes. And it's not the first time she'll call that out. Yeah. Which is nice. Um so we cut to the battle with um, Green Dude, um, Crescent Moon, and, and Face Thief. And Face Thief are battling it out. Um, and the reinforcements get there. But not in time for the green guy. The demon and his sword swooshed and basically cut the jugular. Yeah. And then Face Thief sort of transforms. He pulled off his own face and revealed just a bunch of eyes and tentacles. It like gets, you do. It gets real weird. I don't think that we needed this in the comic <laughs> at all. Like, we didn't need the villain to then, like, up his weird game. But he did. And not only are there eyes and weird tentacles where his face used to be, but those tentacles are very live and, it, and nubile it and does, like incapacitating iron man it does give tony stark the opportunity to say have i mentioned how much i hate magic <laughs> well even going back to early in the story how like the face thief is not a part of real um japanese um lore did they have to add tentacles the stereotype <laughs> yes the blatant stereotype and the opening for tentacles is just there um, they don't prove much of an issue for Iron Man because he can blast them. Um, Face Thief still talking mad shit and can breathe fire. But it's mystical fire. So Iron Man hops in the way to protect the surviving assassins, Masters of Silence. Yes. And he's like, great, my thermocouples will convert this heat into a more usable form of energy that I can then redirect at this demon. And he's like, well, shit, it's mystical fire and it's just burning through the armor. Yeah, it's like, so the thing about the remote control thing is that whatever happens to Iron Man physically... The armor. Yes. Otherwise, it's the life model decoy. Yes. Which is still, as far as we know, slumped at the steering wheel. Hope he popped that car into park before slumping. Um, <laughs> it's already ruined. It's just like it, rolling towards the army of incapacitated guards. It's running over them. It's just doing a <laughs> loop over this field of guards. Just thump. Um, so the armor translates everything back to Tony with a headset, which 
science sure because reasons because reasons and he's just starting to really sweat he's like i'm getting a fever from this like 103.9 and climbing doesn't sound like a fun time like dude that's affecting your brain activity at that point and tony stark doesn't need anything to affect his brain because it's so large like he's so smart that um it really isn't killing anything substantial so uh, he's like okay um he vents his emergency cooling system and then some aggravation on Face Thief, who is now larger. Like, he is also... He's never- gotten very large. Like, his claws are now different. He can just, like, hold Iron Man entirely. Yeah. Um, the other two assassins jump in. They quickly get ensnared, and he's about to swallow the them whole. Um, um, There's many teeth, and I guess they're not quite eyes. They're... Eyes like a snail. Like there's a red sphere on the end of a stalk, but there's like a dozen of them right above the teeth. And this is when Meredith comes in and she's like, she saves the day by providing a distraction, shooting up this monster. Is there a butta 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 for you? No, it is for. for it's very nice. <laughs> Oh. It's very 1980s action movie entrance. Like, I picture Ripley, get away from her, you bitch. Yes. <laughs> um, Face Thief is really rude and calls her an insolent cow. Rude. Fucking rude. Um, that chauvinist. Then, <laughs> yeah, then... Um, the misogyny is strong with this demon. So she gets whisked away because one of the assassins is like, like good job but also like you might be a little out of your depth you can't your spirit like your intentions are good and if the force of will was an actual weapon this thing wouldn't stand a chance against you but yeah it's not um so iron man has the showdown there's a great splash page as iron man is throwing everything that he has like he gets real close he makes a private little bubble for him and the demon and then just lets all this EM radiation out, like all the X-ray rays, all the yep, whatever I mean. Electricity. Does. Yeah. Unibeam. And this gets Face Thief down to how we originally saw him. So gone are the tentacles and snail eyes. He's a normal size again. Slightly tiger-ish yes. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves, like, Face Thief is like, you know what, I'm gonna fuck you up some other day. Bye. And disappears. He's, he and eliminated himself. He Instead did. of snatching his own wig, he snatched his own face and just left. He did. <laughs> so that's how he can teleport, apparently, is snatching his head off. So he's gone. Which begs the question, like, why haven't they utilized him uh justin you brought it up he's never appeared again and they left the door open specifically with this character where he can come back do you think he is one of the people behind orcus i I mean mean, seriously but he can take on the form of anybody he could be anyone yeah they had they're a bunch of rich angry people so that seems right up his alley um the aftermath of uh, this story so poor hat or poor crescent moon is not quite dead he's not dead yet i mean they do get so iron man releasing all this energy lights the house on fire and so there's basically nothing left for for meredith but they get do they get other people they do get the security guards out unknown if they got the security guard in just his boxers out he does not make the appearance (laughs) And um, before Crescent Moon dies, we understand he can't die unless he can pass on the assassin spirit to someone else and they have to be willing. Yeah, someone consumed by vengeance and willing to take on this mantle of more vengeance. Yes. I do like how Tony makes a point to say he hates magic again, like three or four, this is like the third or fourth time this issue. Yes. And uh, Meredith is like, you know what? I volunteer. And Tony's like, what? You don't know what you're... And she's like, shut the fuck up. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be a badass assassin. Okay? My choice. Literally, my body, my choice. 
honestly so, work. <laughs> and um, they they tell Crescent I, Moon it's okay. You can pass on. She gets the spirit passed into her, and she describes it that it's so beautiful and so terrible. And I see now, I understand that vengeance never dies as the pink swirls of vengeance get into her and blast her clothes off. Rips um, her shirt open, cleavage, and makes I her hair like, bigger too. Yes, it volumizes. She it's got a... yossified. <laughs> <laughs> the yossification of Meredith McCall. It's a She-Hulk moment. Like she apparently, I don't know if she actually became more muscular muscular but that was the vibe i was getting except for the cleavage thing the appearance of cleavage i feel is just sexism yes that is trope yes um and the story ends with her joining her other two assassins and she's like iron man say goodbye to tony for me and he's left with being a sad boy in his uh, charles xavier chair in the darkness yeah left all alone like, and it, friends don't let friends operate life model decoys in the dark <laughs> or alone. so uh, the we'll just quickly cover the backup story because it, it doesn't give us a whole lot it's more. not a lot of action but i like her journal entries that follow along so this takes place after they disappear and it's her having to learn what she signed up for aside from vengeance vengeance is a given yeah the the heritage of vengeance um so it's passed from one person to another oral they sort of gleaned it's an oral history of the origin of these the masters of silence because the first time face thief made the journey to the human realm took over a noble person like this person was a paragon of goodness and then once face thief killed that person assumed the identity led a rebellion lots of people died very into making people kill people um we we get the name for our uh, um our gymnastic boy his name is kaminari and we learn that he doesn't talk he's completely silent and she doesn't know why like can he not speak or does he choose not to speak oh um, and he's obsessed with working out, which both of you are gym goers. You love lifting things. You can probably relate. It's probably helping with his stressing anxiety. I so. mean, maybe not to that degree. I don't feel honed. I mean, I can't speak for you, Justin. Are you at the point where you feel honed? I feel represented in the sense of like, I am a quiet person and I like lifting the things. There you go. <laughs> Your next goal is a side pony. So... I just I just need the pink um the pink ballet slippers and the loincloth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can you can pull it off. You got it within you. You can do it. Make shit um, make it out of the tank top I'm wearing. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Just shimmy it down. Um I feel like what's the safe word um has a video that shows how to make it. Oh. And um so it's background on her two teammates and it's her reflecting on like it must be so hard for, oh no, I I didn't find his name. The other one, um, the not dead one and the not Kaminari. Um, the person who is telling her the oral story because he is the only one who can speak amongst the two. Oh, and the dead. It is Inazuma. So Inazuma used to be the person learning from the guy who just died. And she's like, it must be incredibly hard for him in his grief that the person he learned from he has to turn around and teach me in the midst of trying to deal with everything personally. Has to assume that role. Yes. Yes. The like her in she's very insightful in her little journal thought bubbles of the team group dynamics, how she fits in, like the personal boundaries of like, I will let them come to me on their terms. I won't push the issue. Like she's just so good. So to battle this first appearance of Face Thief, they called on the gods, the gods helped them. Oh, the three survivors from this rebellion. Yes, and the three um, warrior souls that were bestowed upon them were lightning, wind, and thunder. So uh, Meredith is now 
the the crescent moon and she has her own armor um ready to go and it sort of it it sets them up to go off and do more vengeance yes um the armor looks good on her it yeah. does and uh, it's a neat little story i want to read more meredith mccall yes you daryl usually asks the question like do you want to read more of this title and at this point, not really, unless it involves Meredith. Yeah. I, I kind of want to look into her and see what's going on with her beyond this. Yeah, because I paid more attention to looking into the brand new character Which and we where learned. he didn't go. And once I read this, I'm like, the character that they really did focus on and is worth the read for this issue is Meredith. I mean, honestly, if there was a follow-up to wherever face thief comes back and then the masters of silence fight him and contain him again it's still unclear how originally face thief was contained within that mask there's just no explanation there's this rebellion there those three survivors get the get empowered and they do stealthy things but it, there's no indication how their stealth equals trapping the demon in the mask. But um, so that aside, if they do some sort of follow up and he's doing evil things again and the Masters of Silence fight and defeat him, I feel like there's a lot of fertile ground for Meredith to be like, well, this this aspect of my vengeance is satisfied but I'm still feeling vengeful. I'm going to go or go off and do more superhero things in a very vengeful way. Yeah. Like there's an opportunity there. I also like how, even though they're the masters of silence, um, two of the three things are the opposite of that, like wind, thunder. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and they do an awful lot of talking for being the masters of silence. Well, two of them. Oh, yeah. There really is just one master of silence yes. in the entire group. But I mean, with Face Thief being trapped too, I guess the mask is technically a face, which I feel like now, I think him appearing in like, um, granted, this is a character I just found out about recently, a Hollow Eve book, that would be cool. Because mm. oh. I mean, like with the masks and the faces and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a way that you could integrate Face Thief, retcon some stuff. There there should be a way to rewrite it and just make him a generic demon. Yes. Evil entity wanting to destroy humanity because evil entity. Yes. Yeah, we don't need cultural attachments at all. Because it works without it. Honestly, yeah. it does. Um, what were your other thoughts on this, Justin? Did you enjoy reading this issue to give you stuff to think about um i mean overall it just makes me want to see what happened to meredith and what's going on with her and um it gave me a new appreciation for war machine as well yeah yeah i think it, each time we read these issues there's always at least one thing that i want to read more about um I think there was at least one dud where I, I was like, I'm done. I don't need more. And But we're not going to tell you which one that was, listeners. Because I can't remember. It's okay. Um, and, I, and I know this is really common in like the X-Books, how there's like usually one-off villains, but it gave us a one-off D-list villain. That... It did. That is ripe for cosplay as well. <laughs> Just get I mean, that one the... would be a little tricky, but... You could guess... do... Go get zebra print fabric. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> get some ping pong balls on springs or something oh, yeah. to go right above the teeth get some yeah. tendrils yes you could do it <laughs> i don't know if pool noodles would be appropriate <laughs> <laughs> i guess face thief would technically be z-list more yeah. so than d-list i bet you get ping pong balls and flexi straws oh you some like get... um pipe cleaners yes yep oh all the options yeah um so, Justin, as we wrap up this episode, where can people find you? What are you looking forward to? I mean, this is coming out in the beginning-ish of July. So what's on the horizon for you and your cause plans? We want to know it all. 
So right now I can be, well, I guess starting with the cause plans, I will be attending the Uncanny Experience in September. Um, kind of doing a little bit of a road trip through the States, even though, you know, the States kind of a little iffy about that. Um, well, as, as Minnesotans, we can tell you that we are a safe state and a harbor for many of the things that are excluded by our surrounding states and legislated against in those states. Yes. It's the so. surrounding states I'm concerned about, more so than Minnesota. Minnesota, it's like, okay, no, I'm good. But um, yeah, I'll be attending Uncanny Experience. And then after Uncanny Experience, I'll be heading down to Salt Lake City and attending their con. So I'll be reuniting with Chad. Um, I, from what I recall, still Demanda Martini, who is Yay. another cosplayer, mm-hmm. will be in or should be in attendance, and I'm excited yeah. to be meeting meeting them as well. And where I can be found, well, as for any other cosplans, um, I will be participating in the Summers of X. So oh. look out for that, or I guess not Summers right. of X. Um, Summers of Marvel. I know they changed that recently. I got into the habit of calling it Summers yeah. of X. But um, yeah, I will be participating in that. So look out for that. And be. where I can be found, I'm primarily on Instagram under the username J underscore Cosmic. Cosmic spelt with a K. And I mean, I do have a Twitter. I'm just never really on there. Fair enough. Um I- yeah, we're excited to meet you in person at the Uncanny Experience, and we can vouch that Demanda is just a wonderful person to hang out with in person. We got to see her out in D.C. I was about to say, this is the latest or longest we've gone in an episode without referencing how awesome Demanda is. It's true. So, um, I mean, I look- hey, Meredith is a good idea now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can find us on Instagram at X Factor Files Podcast. We are going to post some images of Face Thief and maybe a side pony, but mostly Meredith. I mean, let's be real. We're going to post mostly about Meredith from this issue. Yes. And Rhodey. So um, thank you everyone for joining us and we hope to see you next time. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts and feelings, dear listeners. See you later. Bye. Bye.